Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 174 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on January the 25th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pete. What's going on, my friend? Nothing. How's Orlando? Oh, Orlando is wonderful and sunny, a little crisp, but nowhere near as bad as what you guys have over there in Jersey. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics. Hey, it's sunny here. <laughs> we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Gavin. It is Kingdom Hearts 3 week, and I am jacked. Uh, oh, yeah, it comes out this week, it right? Com- yeah, uh, my GameStop puts it out on um, on Monday night nine, at 9 p.m. The game comes out on Tuesday. Are there any cool, like, uh, pre-order stuff? I, I think there are, like, a couple of, like, pre-order Keyblades. I I looked at what I get from GameStop, and I wasn't, like, super impressed with it. Like, some of them are giving out, like, pops and, like, pins and stuff like that, like, at some right, stores. Right. But I had already prepaid at GameStop. So, uh, when I was at the Disney Springs um, demo, they said you could pre-order the game there. And I was like, oh, wow, are they going to, like... Are they going to be like doing a midnight release at Disney Springs? Because if so, I'll cancel my order at GameStop and come here because that sounds like it'll be off the chain. But it was just for them to like ship it to you. Yeah, that's like. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. I'm excited for you to get it. I mean, I'm not going to run out and buy it. I never have video game time anymore. Mm-hmm. I've literally played about half an hour of Spider-Man on PS4. Oh, that's but, one of the uh, greatest games made in the last five years. I know. So I figure between that and God of War, which I only put a couple hours into, another one of like, the greatest games in the last five years. Those two, those two so are like the are like the Sophie's Choice of video games, where it's like, oh, which one was the best of 2018? I will wait for Kingdom Hearts. Although I do have a friend who hooks me up with games, so maybe I'll make a call. Hmm, not but sure. You know what? Uh, like you need to. You haven't played all the other games though, and that's the thing. Hey, do I have to though? Yes. Like I can't play this game unless I played the first two. I mean, you could. There are people playing this game play before those came out. You could play it, but you're going to be super confused. I, listen, I hate. I'm not a role playing guy anyway. Yeah, I don't like that format of game. But you know how much I like all the Disney worlds and stuff. Well, yeah, and this one's going to be pretty off the chain. You've got Frozen. You've got um, Tangled. You've got Monsters Inc. Big Hero Six. They they really kind of stayed away from like the classic Disney worlds in this one. They kind of went more. Oh, well, they want like, to use their new school yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. The only real classic world I think that they have is. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can count Hercules as classic, but uh, that's been in every single game though. The uh, they have a hundred acre wood again, which they always do. Okay, but, uh, that's so, cool. But you know what? We can stop talking about Kingdom Hearts. I can't believe I'm I'm saying that, but we've um we've got to. Uh, We've got to get to the news because we've got news in every topic this week. 
Oh, wow. Yep. We're hitting the uh, home run, hitting every, hitting yep. every base. The news this week brought to you, as always, by our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. All right, so starting off with worldwide news. This is actually really exciting. The uh, first Skyliner gondolas have been installed. Wow. Yeah. It was covered with a tarp, I'm, I'm too. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it was like a it was tarp. like covered with like a, it was covered with a tarp, and they installed it at Epcot at the International Gateway. They're also apparently installing them over at Caribbean Beach right now. Do we do? Have they put out a number of how many of these things are actually going to be like moving at one time? It's not, probably a lot. Right? Yeah, not that I've seen. Uh, now, here's a question that somebody asked me the other day: What happens with these things in Lightning? Do they stop running? Well, I mean, how do you do that? It, it seems like this you know, quote-unquote, track is going to be so long. Yeah. Like, are you just, like, making everyone get off at the next stop? I, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because if that were the case, I feel like they wouldn't have even bothered to do this. Yeah. And, like, they have one in London. No. I'm sure that one doesn't evacuate when there's a lightning storm. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question, but not, I, I really don't know. There is no opening date set yet. I've heard summer, but now the only thing Disney said is that it is expected to open this year. But if they're already installing the gondolas, they've got to be pretty close, right? You think? Uh, yeah, I mean, but again, there's probably a lot of gondolas. Yeah, but I'm also looking forward to like when they have to start testing them and you start seeing them up in the sky. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. Well, cause I got uh, I got ridiculously excited when I saw that the the cables were up. Right. So I, I'm very very excited for this. I think that. Do you think it's going to be like an insane wait to get on it, or do you think because it's kind of like an omni mover? Again, I don't know because a they keep moving. B there's got to be a lot of them, and C you're going someplace. It's not like it's an in the park kind of thing. Right. So I'm not quite sure. But, I mean, I guess all we can do is wait and find out. Well, I think that people are going to start taking it from Epcot to Studios a lot instead of taking yeah, the Yeah, definitely. Boat. But, now, my thing is also, like, they're not going to be able to, like, stop it for people that have to transfer out of a wheelchair, right? Like, is it going to be, like, constantly stopping because somebody at Caribbean Beach has to load on? Like, I, I can't imagine the logistics of I this. actually asked you this once before. Yeah, I, I've been on sky rides in the past. And I remember going on one at Bush Gardens and they don't really stop, but at the same time, they kind of do. It's weird how when it hits the station, there's like a little bit of like leeway. Yeah. So I'm, I, again, they must have this down to a science. They would I'm not sure. start this project and not know. So I, I am curious. I bet you there is a way to get people on who are. I would agree with that. Uh, wheelchair. They, it doesn't seem like the type of thing like at this day and age, Disney would be like, nope, sorry, you're out of luck. Yeah. Uh, so Disney Springs news. Pepe by Jose Andres to get a, is getting a brick and mortar location. So Pepe is a, a really popular food truck, not just here in Orlando, but like all over. It's a really popular brand of food truck. This is their first ever brick-and-mortar location. It is opening this winter attached to the new Jaleo location, which is also Jose Andres. Uh, it's going to have hot and cold Spanish-style sandwiches, and this is located right across from the AMC movie theater, former home of where Wolfgang Puck was. They moved that. Uh, so I, I'm all for sandwiches in, in Disney. I have always said the one thing Disney really misses out on a lot is good sandwiches. And I I think that this is going to be 
a pretty cool offering here. I like how all of these restaurants now, they've got the sit-down restaurant, but they've also got a quick service location, which sounds like what this Pepe is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I always think of Disney Springs for me as something I visit at night, but there are a ton of people yeah. who go during the day, and not necessarily at 1 o'clock in the afternoon do I want to have some elaborate sit-down meal. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I totally get it. I, I love the the quick service uh, offerings at Disney Springs. I think it's it's one of the best things about Disney Springs. The uh, They already have a Pepe food truck there. It's over by World of Disney, over by Ghirardelli, which is a really good um, segue into our next article. Ghirardelli stopped giving out free samples. What? Yeah. So that was a – it's a company-wide corporate decision for Ghirardelli – uh, people were not happy, and there were a large number of complaints, and now they're once again giving them out at Disney Springs, but people think it might be on borrowed time. Wow. Uh, it might be temporary, or shame. yeah, it might be temporary, or they might make an exception for Disney Springs because it is such a highly trafficked store. Like, nobody's yeah, going in there if they're not getting a free sample. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right about that. I had a hot chocolate there the other day. It was like, it, they, they, called, they didn't even call it hot chocolate, they called it drinking chocolate. It was literally okay. like a melted candy bar. Like, it was so good. The chocolate was so rich. So oh, there, that's awesome. Yeah, there are reasons to go in there. Uh, but, yeah, I also want my free square. Darn it. Like, uh, resort news. You know Sebastian's Bistro, the new restaurant over at Caribbean Beach Resort? Correct. Uh, they've discontinued lunch service already. Really? Entirely? Yeah. So I guess it must not have been getting a lot of traffic. It must have been bleeding money because that seems really weird for it to already only be a dinner location. Hmm. So. I mean, they do have that nice food court. And I mean, if I was eating lunch there, I'd probably food court it. Probably, yeah. uh, I mean, okay. Uh, So moving along, uh, water park news. H2O Glow uh, parties are returning to Disney's Typhoon Lagoon water park. This is going to be Thursdays and Saturday nights through August 24th. The party takes place from 8 to 11 p.m. Uh, if you have a ticket to the party, you can enter at 6 p.m. There are character meet and greets here. Last time it was uh, Toy Story characters. Um, and one of the cool things is Buzz Lightyear actually does glow in the dark. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, because so it's, it's, it's you know, a nighttime event, but they also have lots of like like neon lights everywhere. Uh, so people, right. people have like the, like the glow sticks up. and the hula hoops, and so that's kind of the whole H two O glow cool. thing. I I feel like this is pretty fairly priced. All right, what is how much? Fifty nine dollars for adults, fifty four for children. On the event days, it's sixty nine for adults and sixty four for children. Last year was the inaugural season, and the price was fifty five for adults and fifty for children. So they upped it a little bit, but I think that like like that's what I've always felt like like the the magic kingdom parties should be priced at yeah now that's like admission and everything right so if i don't have like a ticket that lets me get into the water parks i can just buy that you can no you can get into the water park at 6 p.m and then stay for the party so right it feasibly right. gets you uh what do we say uh to, so from six, it gets you five hours in the water park but that's good. I mean, like, I don't necessarily want to have, like, a base ticket where I need to add on water parks, and this would give you a one-shot availability to a special event. Right. So the price isn't outrageous, you know? Um, Magic Kingdom news uh, this week brought to you by our good friends over at Kingdom Strollers. Uh, remember last last week when we talked about the um, Mickey and Minnie surprise celebration, and we talked about the surprise characters 
that were going to be on mainstream. Yeah. We, we were like, oh, what is it going to be, Chippendale? <laughs> and we were being all like snobby about it. Uh, we need to right. eat a healthy dose of crow here. Right, tell me, who be- is it? So this, so so far, there's been uh, Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps. There's been Phineas. Okay, very cool. Phineas and Ferb. Um, okay. Robin Hood, Friar Tuck, uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham, and Prince John. All right. Uh, Gideon and Foulfellow, and Remy the Rat. Huh. Wow. So all pretty solid. They're pulling out rare characters for this every day. But the other thing is they don't announce who it's going to be ahead of time. So you're, it's kind of luck of the draw. Um. Right. So. That's okay. I, I, I think if it's is... going to be a luck of the draw type thing, they have to put out characters that you're going to be psyched about either way. So, Every day well, has to be a character that you're psyched about. Yeah. 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 Like no one day can it can ever be like like Stitch. Like. It, right. It's got exactly. you know something you can get anywhere. Uh, but Pluto has been moved over into Pete's Silly Sideshow because Minnie has been moved into the Town Square Theater with Mickey. Okay. All accounts of this party, people are saying it's great. I haven't been over there yet. I'm hoping to get over there sometime this week. But, yeah, everyone is everyone's pretty happy with this. Uh, Epcot News. Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Live is returning this summer. I had the pleasure of seeing this last year. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite live shows I've ever seen at Disney. I remember you really liked it. Yeah. So coming back for summer 2019 features Star-Lord, Gamora, and a seven-piece band. It's running June 14th to August 18th. And here's the story of it. After saving the world from certain destruction, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, brokered a deal with Nova Prime and the Xandarian government to bring an outreach program to his home planet. The purpose? To share Xandar's rich heritage and culture with Earth's people. As luck would have it, Peter informed Xandar's leaders that there's already a place on Earth with a similar mission, a theme park called Epcot, where all of Earth's cultures are celebrated. So, as part of their first outreach, Xandar has sent some of their most talented performers to showcase their music. Uh, it ends up them just singing, like, you know, hooked on a feeling and stuff like that. But uh, it's really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, Dak News. Uh, one, you know, my favorite thing to always report about for Animal Kingdom is baby animal births. Right, of course. A baby giraffe was born on the safari. And when I say on the safari, I mean on the safari. safari. In front of guests, this baby giraffe came into the world. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, he's a male Maasai giraffe. The name is still being chosen. I'm I'm pretty sure from what I read here that the baby giraffe and the mother giraffe are, um, are expected back on the safari soon. But I'm not sure if they're currently in it right now. Are they thinking about going with Kevin as the name? I heard they might be going with Pete. Oh, that's pretty not. That's a good name. That's kind of the whole thing, you know. Pete's a more popular name than Kevin, uh, especially on this show. Um, <laughs> Hollywood Studios news: Planet Hollywood Superstore is closing over there on um, on on that road leading into Tower Terror, Sunset Boulevard. That didn't close. No. It's still open? No. Well, they're taking the wow. Legends of Hollywood store and they're expanding it to cover both stores. Right, right. Wow, I didn't even know that was still there. My question is what's going to happen to like the Power Ranger movie suits and stuff like that that are that are in there? Like, Well, I like, mean, Planet Hollywood owns all this stuff. It'll just get moved somewhere else. Well, that was my thing. Like, Does Planet Hollywood own that or does Disney own that? But I guess it's Planet Hollywood's. No, it's a Planet Hollywood thing. I can remember I went in there one time. The only thing I saw in there I really liked, they had a uh, suit from the uh, ill-fated Captain America movie, not the ones that you know now, but the oh, one that came really? out. Like, 
actually never came out, but it was shot back in the day. And the coolest thing about it, and you could see it from outside, was that the suit was purple. It wasn't really a blue. And there, in the little card, they always have a card there explaining the prop. It said that because of like the uh, like celluloid film and everything, they had to make the suit like tinged purple so that it showed up blue on the film. How interesting. Huh. Yeah, it was really cool. I, mean, I could see a purple Captain America suit from like across the street. I'm like, I got to go see what that is. Right. You know, hold the phone, everybody. <laughs> Fast passes be damned. Uh, the uh, Also, the new 30, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios 30-year anniversary banners have debuted in the park. Okay. 30 years for Hollywood Studios now. Um, so, yeah, those those, um, those banners, have, like their flags and stuff like that all over the place. Some of them have Toy Story characters on them in Toy Story yep. Land. Um, Municiburg with the Incredibles has opened in the former Pixar Place. This is a an area where you can go. It's all like so what you see Pixar Place. Now it's all Incredibles themed. You can there's an indoor meet and greet with Edna Mode. I uh, know. I want to do that. Really nice set. I really liked how outside they actually have like a big like mode sign. I know, me too. It's really, really cool. The uh, I do find her um, character to be a little creepy looking. Yeah. Well, but it's I, creepy because she's I so like, tall, I think. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. It's yeah. like you've shrunk it down. Yeah, exactly. The um, You can also find Elastigirl and Frozone on this, in this area as well. Okay. No Mr. Incredible, though, from what I've seen. Uh, I mean, I, maybe because forever they had Mr. Incredible and Frozone out. Yeah. Remember, you used to be able to get them in studios all the time. Yeah, yeah over in the over in the animation courtyard, yeah. Or maybe because Elastigirl is like the star of Incredibles 2. Which I really love. I finally saw Incredibles 2. It's fun. I really thought it was great. I, I liked it a lot. I thought, yeah, it, was, I thought it was up there with the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. That's the news this week. That's a lot of news. Lots of news, but we breeze through pretty fast. Uh, that's good because we have a meaty e-ticket attraction uh, waiting for us at the end of this break. So, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network, and we'll be right back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier? Makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. It sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it were his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. 
That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey. And renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop cues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. The show is never longer than 15 seconds, and you can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, 
A little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. My name is Barry Allen. Is Oliver Queen. Is My name is Kevin J. Kessler. I'm not the fastest man alive, nor did I spend five years in hell. And despite my lifelong wish, I'm not from Krypton. I am a published author and podcaster with a love of all things geeky. And a lot of that love is centered around the CW Network's DC universe. That's why I'm teaming up with the great folks over at the Hanging With Web show to create the Just Us Watchtower, a look inside the Arrowverse. It isn't just going to be me rehashing what happened on all of your favorite CW superhero shows. No, this is an in-depth discussion with a rotating panel of superfans diving deep into the themes, interconnectivity, and overall storyline of The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. So join us every single week on the Krypton Radio Network for a trip through Central City, Star City, National City, Freeland, and time itself. And we'll see you in the Watchtower. Don't call us heroes. We are legends. Folks, we love top 10 lists here on Two Men and the Mouse, and from the feedback that I've gotten, you all seem to love them too. This week, we wanted to bring back our top 10 lists in a pretty big, awesome way, so it's really going to be more of a list of 15 items, but we're going the 10 best and 5 worst, because not everything is so sunshine and daisies in Walt Disney World. There are some things that need improvement, and, you know, we don't, um, you know, we're not, we don't try to, we don't like to be negative, but we also don't like to sugarcoat things and try to make believe that everything is wonderful. There are some things that are not, things that need uh, upgrading. But we also want to celebrate the good while pointing out some of the bad. So that's why this week, for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are going to the original Walt Disney World theme park, the Magic Kingdom, to give you the top ten best and top five worst Magic Kingdom attractions. And the e-ticket attraction this week is brought to you by our friends over at Kingdom Strollers. Uh, Check them out, uh, kingdomstrollers.com for the Cribber Stroller of your dreams, and also our friend Dimitri Ivanos over at Chewing Clock, the college football podcast. Check that out at armchairallamericans.com. Okay, so Pete, oh, before we get into the ticket attraction, I have to point, there are two things I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention. In the okay. Um, number one, I have to make an apology uh, to, to a certain very special listener, um, my mother, who apparently listens to the show now. Oh, I like that. Years later. Uh, my dad flies for work all the time. So one day he's just like, Hey, that podcast you do, uh, how do I get that on my phone? And so, you know, I, I taught him how to get the podcast on. He's been listening. I guess they listened to it in the car one day. And I said something, oh, that's sweet. but apparently I said something about my mother making cookies like out of a tube. 
and I have oh. been instructed to apologize for this because um, my mother does not make cookies out of a tube. Um, apparently, when I was a child, they were always from scratch, and she put a lot of work into them and did not appreciate my uh, my dismissal of her of her baking prowess. So I understand that. I know I'm I'm very disappointed in myself, and I'm sorry, Mom. You make cookies from scratch. Um, the other one, the other thing I wanted to, to point out was apparently we have a, um, a new challenge uh, going on uh, with our with our listeners. Uh, listener Sonny Santos sent in a um, a picture from the Blaze Pizza that opened up across the street of him and his kids um, having the Kev. Oh, he, the Kev! He called it the Kev Challenge, and if that's the thing people want to do, I'm all for it because I always want to hear what you guys think, especially because I can't eat it right now. Uh, so the Kev is Blaze Pizza, high rise dough, garlic pesto on the crust, red and white sauces mixed together, extra mozzarella, every cheese except for the vegan cheese, pepperoni, meatball, bacon optional, red onion pineapple sea salt oregano garlic and a barbecue sauce finish uh so if you want to get the kev and take a picture of it and post it in our facebook group uh facebook.com slash group slash two men in the mouse and let us know what you thought of it um yeah that's always cool i like i like to hear what you guys think of my uh of my creation so i'm excited to get into this list this is a um a list that we toiled over a bit before we started recording today um the top five worst and the top 10 best magic kingdom attractions so i i think I, I like this idea of doing you know doing worst and best together originally it was going to be top 10 best top 10 worst but there really aren't 10 bad things there's in the not magic 10 kingdom. yeah no totally i mean unless not. you wanted to get into the frontierland shooting arcade and stuff like that but even then i don't think we could have gotten past seven yeah no. seven or eight like so we figured and even even the five bad things that was a bit of a stretch because even in some of the bad we found some good um of course but there are some wretched There's no truly bad things there it's just, you know No I don't know there's some Something, wretched, there's yeah. some wretched things in the Magic Kingdom uh, which we'll right. which we'll get to All right so the top 5 worst we're going to start with the start with the negative so that we can end on a on a good note So the top 5 worst so number 5 is it's kind of the um the ride that is known as the worst ride in the history of the Magic Kingdom for the most part. It's not around anymore, and that's why we made it number five. Otherwise, it would have been number one. Uh, but we wanted to include it in the list anyway because it was so recently available and it is um, so infamous. And that is Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah. I mean, I get maybe leaving it off because it's not technically there, but it was just, it's really bad. They've turned Stitch's it, Great Escape into Stitch's Alien Encounter uh, character meet and greet, which is a nice nod to the extraterrestrial Australia Alien Encounter. But yeah, it's right. it's just not. And you had asked before we went on, you're we like, oh well, aren't, isn't it seasonal? But it's not because there was that picture that went viral that somebody snapped in the uh, attraction room where you see the Stitch animatronic like completely like just skeleton, like just metal robot skeleton. Maybe they maybe they were just fixing him. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there's any fix in that. Uh, first of all, Stitch was entirely too big, which I get. You got to be able to see him, but it was just an unpleasant ride experience. Like everything from the the, sh the pushing down on your shoulders to the fact that children started screaming the second the lights went out to the chilly burp you know, in your weird face. Because when they, you know, when they changed it, I didn't love Extraterrestrial Encounter, and I, and I didn't like it just because I felt it was a one-time thing. Yet you almost didn't need. It wasn't such amazing effects that you're like, I'm going to keep riding that. Right. Um, 
so when they changed it to Stitch, I'm like, oh, this is ingenious. Like, you're going to make it definitely way more kid-friendly. And I can remember seeing the pre-show or the Stitch version and being like, oh, no, this is just, like, kind of skimmed. Like, we kind yeah. of have made this into Stitch. And that's what it was. It was still just weird. And I mean, I, I, who likes that? Yeah, they didn't change much. Uh and just the, the chili burp was the worst part because it was disgusting. Ugh, it's so dumb. Like it's not like the it's not like the skunk smell in um in Figment where you're just kind of like oh it kind of smells like a skunk but it's not like a, a super unpleasant smell. It it's more. I, of, did, I did tell you one what? of my friends uh, <laughs> was bummed out that he always gets the skunk smell. <laughs> well, he thought he was gonna get the cherries <laughs> one day. I'm like oh, yeah, you just must have bad luck, dude. Like. Does he also realize that Waldo talks to him and only him every single time he goes into Muppet Vision? <laughs> he doesn't do Muppet Vision. That's true. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, just a truly wretched experience from beginning to end. Like the chili burp, there's, like I was saying, the skunk smell is one thing. The chili burp is just all around unpleasant and gross and like makes me sick to my stomach. I... There's nothing good you can say about this attraction. It's like there are some things on this list where you can be like, oh, but this, but you really can't. I'm Listen, I'm sure there's somebody out there that is like the staunch defender of Stitch's Great Escape and like absolutely loves it and weeps that it's gone and defends it, you know, to their dying breath. But I've yet to meet this person. Yeah, I mean, I've never really met anyone that even really liked it. Again, I'm sure someone out there who doesn't hate it, but. Uh, I've never met them. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm sure they exist. There's somebody. There's listen. There, no matter how bad something is, there's somebody out there that likes it. Right. Number four is the Tomorrowland Speedway. Now, this is this would have been number one, I think, on a lot of people's list. But Pete made a good point that pushed it a little further up. So make your point. Uh, I. You know, it's, it is kind of twofold. Like, so number one, I would have never cared about this ride, been on this ride ever before having children. But I will say my daughter does genuinely have a good time on it. She's not like, let's ride that four times, but she does like it. So seeing the joy sitting next to her in one of those cars, I, it is hard for me to say I genuinely dislike that. But having said that, it is a large plot of land. And I yeah. do tend to think of Magic Kingdom as a real estate based you know, what kind of great e-ticket ride could we put here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I honestly, I know we've talked about it in the past. But I also think you could have made that into a cars ride and had, I, I think there's just so many easy fixes for that ride to make it a little bit better. Sugar it's Rush. almost kind of seems like, sure, even better, right? That would have been great. Slaughter it race. It just seems like, <laughs> like, a, like a lazy kind of, you know, like 60s, 70s type ride that, like, we're never really going to do It seems with. like a thing that that, that should have been, like, like, like it would, it was like, a thing that's really great when, when the park opened in 1971. But now exactly. it's like, oh, this is still here. And, and we have, we have no inkling of what to do with it. It would have, doing a sugar rush thing would have been great. Um, <laughs> slaughter race, could you imagine? That'd be great. Uh, but the um, yeah, I, and the other the other thing about it is that queue, that uncovered uh, like mean, yeah. big in the sun because you only ride it at night because of that, right? Only at night. 
Like, I would, I wouldn't hate being on the track during the daytime. It'd be fun to be able to kind of see everything. But yeah, I'm never waiting for that. Uh, I don't understand what Disney's big thing with this ride is, though, because like tr- for Tron, Tron could have sat in that plot of land, but instead they decided to make new, make a whole new area for Tron. Right. Like moving it back beyond what was once the boundary of the park. Yep. So I don't know, but yeah. It is, you know, you're cooking in the sun. It's you when you walk past it as a guest, you have that 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 oil and gasoline smell. There's nothing good about it. Yeah, there really is nothing good about that. But like you said, little kids really enjoy it. And that is the same yeah. grace of the Tomorrowland Speedway. I think little kids right. would enjoy it more if it was Sugar Rush. But I digress. You can't make it cars because then people would compare it to Radiator Springs Racers. Yeah, I mean you're probably right. Yeah. You know what's funny? Like I feel like a couple of the um a couple of the the attractions on this list would probably be a lot better if you made it into like if you just like tweaked it a little bit and made it a different IP. Like Stitch's Great Escape, we've ca- we've talked about turning it into Rocket Raccoon's Great Escape and then it would probably be cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I get the concept of not having to have every ride in Disney be IP based. Yeah, I get that, but I mean, Stitch's Great Escape is IP based, right? Yeah, I mean, it became that because right the original was not something that was super kid friendly. No, yeah, no. no. Uh, all right, so ready to move on to number three? Yep. Number three is the Magic Carpets of Aladdin. And listen, I don't think there's anything inherently horrible about this attraction. It's just it. It's got a it's got a lame nothing. Have you cue. ever waited for that ride? No. Oh right, gosh! See, I no. have. I've waited for that when the kids were little, and you're out there in the sun, waiting for this ride, while everyone's getting dull whips around you, yes. and it always has like a line. Forget about the fact that the ride itself is just blah. You know, I, you you are in not the, anything I need to do. You're in the crosshairs between the dole whip and the citrus swirl, so you're seeing people like that. You're seeing people get off the jungle cruise all happy, and you're standing yep. in the middle of this in the middle of the hot Florida sun, waiting to get on this ride. Now, me. Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie, so you'd think I would love this, but I don't because I hate that this is the only Aladdin attraction that we have. I uh, know. An Aladdin dark ride would have been amazing. But again, well, maybe after this live action movie. Um, yeah, with Will Smith as the genie, I think not. The uh, uh, I just I can't I can't handle it. Eh. Somebody I'll keep some, an open mind. You know what? Somebody brought up a a really good idea for a show. Which, which I'm shocked that I thought it was a good idea because I have nothing but disdain for the Smith family usually. Okay. They were like, it's a, it's a, a sequel, like a Fuller House type series about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where Will Smith, where Jaden Smith as Will Smith's son, uh, is too spoiled in Bel Air, so he takes him to Philly, and he makes him live in South Philly. Huh. A great idea. That's a fantastic idea. They'll never do it, but it's a great idea. <laughs> no, it would be, it would be great. It's a great though. idea. Um, okay, so Magic Carpets of Aladdin. I think the one thing that it's got over something like Dumbo is that you can tilt it back and forward if you're sitting. Yeah, in the, okay. and it, you can put more people on it because there is a back and front. So the person in the front can make it go up and down. The person in the back can make it go back and forward. Uh, which isn't as cool when you only have two people sitting in the front and nobody in the back. Exactly. But, uh, exactly. But um, you can always reach behind you. 
you know, the only thing I like about this ride is the Aladdin uh, voiceover for the keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside at all times. Right. He's like, uh, I like because he goes, or as Genie likes to say, and then they do it in Spanish. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I always thought that was it's a cool. It's a shame that that's, your, that that's your favorite part, but. That, that's as good as it gets. It's also got the spitting camel outside. Right. Have you ever been doused by the spitting camel? Uh, Almost. I walking got it, away from it, too. I mean, I can remember it vividly. I got it one time while walking away from it, but I was already in the pouring rain. Oh, doesn't matter then. And then, like, the camel hit me, and I was just like, all right. It's just another animal attacking Kevin. Exactly. I can't get... Yesterday was the three-year anniversary of the owl incident. Oh. Yeah. The alpocalypse? The alpocalypse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Okay, so number two is... We're probably going to make a lot of the same points here, but number two is the Astro Orbiter. Yeah, listen, you know, I personally just, I have some serious disdain for this ride. I know you do. And I want to like it, because, I mean, I actually really like the kind of design and spaceship. And, I mean, how many, uh, you know, as someone who, you know, I go more as a vacationer than you go as, like, a regular. Right. And as a vacationer, you're you're always kind of taking pictures that have the Astro Orbiter in it, whether it's from the TTA or, because it's really cool looking and it's kind of iconic to the style and look mm -hmm. i mean that's why they'll never get rid of it it yeah. is part of the look of what they want classic tomorrowland to be having said that going up that elevator and getting on that ride I, it's just it's up there i feel like you're somehow even though you're only probably like 30 40 feet in the air it feels like you are a thousand feet closer to the sun when you're in that ride yes <laughs> and and god i hope they stop doing this but I know I've mentioned it. The way that it ends so that they basically bring you down but keep you at full speed is just full-blown nauseating. Like, no need to go on this ever again. Oh, man. You want a Dumbo ride? Let's just go on Dumbo. That's my thing, is the reason these two are both make the list for me is the only Dumbo ride that I find fun is Dumbo. It's it's right. all the same thing. And the only thing that kept Astro Orbiter off of being number one was the was the fact that it's iconic. And the fact that it, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the fact that you get such breathtaking views of the Magic Kingdom from up so, being right. up so high. Uh, but right. that, that elevator, that elevator is the reason why I've never really done it. Because I'm just like, I don't want to wait <clears throat> in a big, huge line and then get on an elevator with a million people. Yeah. No, it's understandable. All right. So moving along, our number one, I'm sure most of you can guess what it is. It is... The waiting in line ride. It is the Swiss Family Treehouse. Yeah, even I have to admit this is this is not a winner. Listen, there is nothing redeemable about this ride unless unless you unless you just want a really creative stairmaster. Like if you're just like I gotta get my steps I mean, in today. I gotta I gotta get my floors in. I think about any time I've ever enjoyed this ride or enjoyed the I do like the Tarzan version in Disneyland better, but it, it is just kind of a um, you know remodel of this same exact you know, set up any time that I've ever had a good time and a fond memory of either of them is when I'm on it crazy early in the morning or crazy late at night and there's no one else there. But that is almost never the case. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If you want to stop to look at anything in this ride, you're inconveniencing the people behind you. Right. And on top of that, how many times do you see parents hanging around around the base of this ride? Because they've just let their kids kind of go up there and like, you go do what you do, which is 
good, but I don't know. Not really. Yeah. I mean, kids running wild sometimes doesn't always work out the way, you know, you kind of want to. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that statement. Um, the, uh, like, but I feel like, like I just said, like, if you are like, oh, cool, look at this hammock. Like, let's stop and look at the hammock. Like, the people behind you are like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck on these stairs because this person right. won't move. Or like you get right. a lot, and then you get that awkward moment where it's like, am I allowed to like move past somebody, or is it a line? Like it, it's just a lot of confusion and a lot of steps, and ugh, I hate it. I can't stand it. I'll never do yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, never do. Though, <clears throat> again, the one redeeming factor is the fact that you know you're up high and you get to see Adventureland from up high. Yeah, yeah, and I mean even some cool views of like Space Mountain and stuff. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there's certain parts where you can like look out and see some cool Disney stuff. Very true, but I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's like climbing. I mean, it's a much shorter version of like climbing to the top of the Statue of Liberty back in the day, where it was just nothing but stairs, and right, you know, you're, you know, unless you're, uh, you know, unless you're the Rock, it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard to make yes. it up there. All right. <laughs> All right, so that is our list of the top five worst. So to review, number five, Stitch's Great Escape. Number four, uh, Tomorrowland Speedway. Number three, The Magic Carpets of Aladdin. Number two, The Astro Orbiter. And number one, The Swiss Family Treehouse. Now, are you ready to get into the top ten best attractions in all of the Yeah, well, this is what Magic we really Kingdom? came here for. Right, absolutely. So I'm going to kick it off right away with no more further ado. Number ten is It's a Small World. And now, the one thing you said about this when we were putting on the list, you were like, we made it number ten because we because you – what you said was, I'm sure this is on the other list for some of our listeners. And I'm sure you're right. Yeah, I, I get it. I love it, but I understand that not everyone does. So, again, you know, has to kind of come in at the end of uh, of our list. It's one of those things that um, <clears throat> just kind of screams Walt to me. Yeah. It's, sure. it's one of those moments where you can like feel Walt's fingerprints on something. And of course the Sherman brothers music. I know people hate the song, but I love it. I can't get enough of the I song. Do too. I don't mind getting stuck in that, in that all white room at the end for people out loading out. Uh, it depends on how many boats back we are. I feel like last time I was in world, I got really stuck far back and it was like, wow, it's going to take a while. <laughs> You better get used to the song. Uh, do you? Um, what's your favorite animatronic in this in this attraction? Oh, man, it's great. I I do really like the Cleopatra for one. That is a cute um, one. You know my my favorite thing about I love the design of the suns in the different rooms. Yes, I, mean, that's I love that. Big, that's my big small world thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool ones. I, I mean, the hippo, which is so iconic. I mean, I have that hippo in my house in a number of places. Yeah, the hippo and the hyenas um, are probably my favorite. Yeah, there's so many cool things that you just kind of like really have grown to love. But as far as like an actual like small world like uh, person in it, I do like the Cleopatra one. I think it's cool looking. I also really like the the kiwi birds. Okay. I think yeah, they're cool. Pre- yeah, I think those are pretty neat. So uh, now, what do you like better, the version in the Magic Kingdom that we that we know and love, or do you like the more IP heavy version that they have in Disneyland? You know, it's tough because the last couple of years I've been going to the Disneyland one, which is also holiday version. I will say the holiday version, full blown decked out snowman. I I do find it 
like it does make me feel very much in the Christmas spirit. That's cool. Um, I I've done it not Christmas out there, and it, I will say the characters they put in it's subtle. They don't beat you over the head with the music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, great example at one point, like Aladdin and Jasmine are flying over you on a carpet. You wouldn't even really see them if you're not looking for it, but right. they kind of pipe in a little bit of a uh, whole new world in there, Interesting. like in the backgrounds. It's kind of cool how they like subtly just put things in there. That's kind of cool. Um, like Mulan and Mushu are actually flying a giant Mushu like dragon kite. But oh, again, neat. you could almost you could almost go through this ride and not notice if you're a little oblivious. You know, like Woody, like Woody and Buzz are in there too, or Woody and Jesse. I yeah, think. it's Woody and Jesse. Yep, yep, in a little kind of like cowboyish section. Um, so there's, yeah, there's some really cool things. But which one do I like better? I don't know. I am a stickler for kind of. Um, I would say that the Small World Bear is is different, and I think people would really like it. But I am a stickler for kind of the original World's Fair version. So I yeah. would probably go regular. Okay, so uh, number nine is uh, now. You, this was your this was at your insistence that this is included because I didn't really agree. But Peter Pan's flight. It has to be in there. Come on, like. I, I just don't I don't understand the obsession this. with it, like the fact that it has seventy eighty minute wait times. Don't understand what, why people wait that oh, no, long I don't get for that this either. ride. I don't understand that either. Like I don't think but it's it good is enough. A wonderful marvel of the dark ride. Yes, I I do like what you said. The the ceiling suspension is definitely an interesting. Yeah, love thing. it. It's it's very creative. I mean, it is a very very cool ride. It is not worth the wait, but. I do, no, especially I when you're flying wait. over London. Right. That's my favorite part. Like, what's better I for you, I... flying over London or flying over the town in E.T.? Because it's the same general effect. Oh, wow. It is. Because mm. oh. I like E.T. a lot, actually. I do, too. That's the thing. Um. <laughs> uh... I'm, I'm going to say E.T., and I know that's probably wrong. I but, know, it's sacrilege. I, I honestly uh, can't I just make like, a I like the ride. Be- I like the ride vehicle a lot on E.T. So. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry I had to make you do that. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to come with that. That's not cool. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like the animatronics in it, too. <clears throat> I really like the Peter Pan fighting Captain Hook up on the mast of the ship. Um, yeah, too. Yeah, and, you know, they're doing a huge refurbishment on it right now. On Peter Pan? Yeah, it's a pretty lengthy one, and cause, like the whole front of Peter Pan is closed off by walls right now. Hmm. So I don't know what you they're know, doing. It's I probably more the, than skimming. I think the difference between those two rides is is in E.T., I feel like I'm above everything, and Peter Pan, the way that they... There are certain parts where you make turns, and you're almost in like the the action is happening around you like yeah. where where hook is fighting pan i mean they do a great job of not just having you like be over something and looking at it there are parts where you're kind of going right through the action which i, I, mean, I always thought was cool you do that with et as well when you get to the the green planet yeah et's stupid planet <laughs> you know what i like peter pan better because once you get to et's stupid planet that ride kind of falls apart for me well, you know, it's funny because I think, um, yeah, you're, I, I completely agree with you on that. I, I think that one of the cool things about Peter Pan is when you're in the ride vehicle and, and I mean, this is someone who's ridden it a billion times 
when you take off and go up, it's still cool. Like it's still like a neat effect. And I think ET kind of masters that because you don't just take off right away. Right. You do kind of go on the ground. You know what I mean? The, well, they seem like you're going on the ground. Yeah. I do. I do like that effect with ET. Uh, The thing with ET that also bugs me is like, as like just a, a, a writer and a geek who likes things making sense. Um, I'm like, wow, it was pretty easy for E.T. to get home. Why was this such a hard thing the first time around? <laughs> Why did we make a whole movie about this? Yeah. Um, okay, so number eight is the Jungle Cruise slash Jingle Cruise. Okay. Iconic, wonderful, and blending. We were at odds of whether to put Peter Pan's Flight or Jungle Cruise, like which where to swap them. And we decided that Jungle Cruise gets the higher nod because it combines elements of an attraction of a ride and a show together to make it a full-blown attraction. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I really agree with that. I also, you know, even if you get a bad, you know, jungle cruise skipper, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I've had some bad like, ones that's before. The thing. It's right. But like that, that almost becomes part of the attraction, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely get that. And of course when they when they turn over the jingle to the jingle cruise, um really, really tremendous. And I know everything is scripted and they kind of build their own script, but every once in a while you get something like kind of new. And I always right. really appreciate that. Like I remember one time we came in and, and you know, sometimes they do like the um like the if you've enjoyed your, your trip today, my name's Skipper Kevin, and if you haven't, then you know then this has been the Enchanted Tiki Room or something like that. But the one guy goes, uh, he goes, oh, you know, um, if you've enjoyed your trip today, my name is Skipper So-and-so. And if you haven't, then thank you for flying Star Tours. Bye-bye. Oh, that's pretty good. Nice I, thought it, I thought it was like a nice little uh, little nod. My favorite joke in the entire um, Jungle Cruise is when the, when the hippos come up <laughs> and the Skipper's like, Wait a minute! I learned from my last relationship how to make them go away. And she screams over the edge of the boat, "I love you!" And the hippo like sinks back down into the water. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I've never heard that one. Oh, that one's great. I've heard that one a few times, and I always laugh whenever I hear it. Um, that's wonderful. She's like, I want you to meet my parents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, number seven is one of the more underrated attractions. Although I don't know if it's still underrated in this day and age because it's so popular. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Yeah, I mean, how many things, how many times in Disney have you heard like, oh, like sometimes you should just sit down and enjoy like Disney World and their surroundings. I mean, this is a ride that is about, it's like a moving bench. Yeah, it's a, it's it great, is it's, that's a great way to put there. it. And just enjoying, like, the surroundings of Disney World. They even encourage the people watch. The people mover is the perfect vehicle for people watching. Right. Um, That's such a big, you know? Yep. You get to go through Space Mountain. And uh, I always prefer to do the TTA before Space Mountain because it's almost like my little preview of what's to come for when I go on Space Mountain. Right. Right. Uh, But, I mean, I also really like when it goes through Buzz. It goes past Mickey's Star Traders. You get like those little like that's yeah. right, it's out of this world, and you know the those little moments are just tremendous, and you get some great castle views. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I said before about always getting pictures of uh, Astro Orbiter. I mean, it's inevitable that I get a picture of Astro Orbiter from the TTA because it's got that great Tomorrowland feel and you can you have the castle in the background. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's it's such a cool views you get from that ride. But really, it's all about the relaxation. I like to make it not just going on it before Space Mountain, but I like to make it the first thing I do in Tomorrowland. Because it's like a it it is your coming attractions, and of course you've got Progress right. City in there, which I mean I get I get butterflies every time I see Progress City. Yeah, I'm so happy that's there. The number six is the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. Yeah, it's got to be on the list. Yeah, I mean, I mean one of the newer attractions in in the Magic Kingdom, and the thing that always has the longest line. Uh, this addition to the mountains of the Magic Kingdom, I don't know if people officially consider it one of the mountains, but I certainly do, uh, because it is a mountain. Yeah, you have to, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very tame roller coaster, and the thing about this that I really love is the, um, is how it goes roller coaster into dark ride into roller coaster. Yeah, you can't fault that, you know, there, there might be some faults with this ride. It is kind of, you know, quick and... Uh, it's not super, super exciting, but I think the technology of it's wonderful and it does give you, you know, a lot to look at. It's not just like slow moving. Like it, it combines some dark ride elements, which we all, you know, I think we all love that as Disney fans. I, my favorite part of that ride is when you go through the mine with all the animatronics. I love that. Right. Yeah, I, of course. I also love at the end the the cottage where they're dancing inside, and that all of those animatronics that are inside the house were taken from Snow White's Scary Adventure. I love sitting there for that you know second where you're kind of like not moving yet. Yeah, I I think that's the best. I also really love that moment where you go from the roller coaster into the mine, and like as you stop the you know because the 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 vehicle sways side to side, so you can just kind of like yep. lean side to side and like make it sway more. I love that. What is the maximum amount of time you will wait for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? I've never waited because I've never not done it on Fast Pass. Yeah. What time would I wait? I mean, I'm not a huge line waiter, so it's going to seem terrible. I don't know. Maybe half an hour? That was what I was going to say. I would feasibly wait 30 minutes for it in the line. Which is um, never, thir- it's never 30 minutes. That, not even at special events, so... I mean, I, I, I've never waited that long. I can't say I'd even be happy about it, but I guess I would. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you see a ride like Peter Pan or Mine Train, which typically is like an hour and a half long wait at 30, min- at 30 minutes, that seems like a steal. But then, like, if you were going to try to go on, like, Winnie the Pooh or Dumbo and it said half an hour, you're like, absolutely not. Right. Uh, number five, we're in the top five now. Now, any of these in the top five could have been top three, I think. Um, th- this was kind of a really difficult choice, but number five is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yeah, now it's weird because I really think we could have swapped Big Thunder and Mine Train, but just pure thrill factor for a ride that's still fairly safe. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, crazy, you know, roller coaster. I-, I think Big Thunder has to get the nod over. Mine yeah, train. it's a, what is it, what's your favorite part of it? Do you go on Big Thunder? Oh, yeah, I love Big Thunder. What's your favorite part of it? Huh. I mean, I like the dumb stuff. Like, you gotta understand, Big Thunder's my daughter's favorite ride. So uh-huh. we love, like, the goat, and we like, like, right. dumb little things. But I, I think one of the coolest parts, especially if you ride it at night, is, like, 
when you kind of reach that apex, when you're like way up there, mm-hmm. then you can see the castle. Yeah. So at night, the castle usually stands out because it's lit real well. Um, so, I mean, I like that part a lot. Riding it during the fireworks is also really fun. I did that in Disneyland, actually. It was their last, not the past trip, but the time before that. That was our last ride of the entire trip. And we happened to go on it as the fireworks were going. And it was super cool. I mean, uh, we'll perfect. literally never forget that. Uh, now, in Disneyland, of course, they've got the fire elements and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, so, in when Disney World, when it closed down for that big refurbishment, we all thought we were getting that. Instead, we got some water and we got the glow-in-the-dark bats. Yay. Yay. Glow bats. Really glad we got that and not the fire. Uh, number four, one of the most iconic rides in the history of Disney parks is Pirates of the Caribbean. Has to be on the list. Oh, yeah, totally. I really like just the, like, you know, a, a five-film franchise has spawned from this one attraction. Um, iconic Disney characters have spawned from it. And I'm not just talking about, like, Jack Sparrow and Barbosa and all of them. I'm also talking about people like um, like the Redhead and um, what's her name? Scarlet? Sure. Uh, Red, right? Isn't Red or yeah, Red. the Pirate Auctioneer, the... Um, you know the dirt, the dirty foot guy that's <laughs> swinging his yeah. leg. Yeah, the, the guy with the pigs. Yeah, the, the dog guy with, with the with the e. The guy that's trying to get cats to drink alcohol. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of course, one of the most iconic songs in the history of Disney with with Yo Ho Yo Ho. What's your favorite yep. part of Pirates of the Caribbean? Like, what's what's your favorite wow. area? Okay, my favorite single image has to be the skeleton pirate at the helm. That is, I a think cool that's one. really cool. That is really cool. Uh, I can't say the beginning is my favorite part, though, because it's, you know, that ride kind of like, you know, builds into the action, if you will. Hmm, What's my favorite part? That's a really, I mean, going through the entire town on fire is just a wonderful kind of like, there's something to look at everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely got to be the best part. I really like the guys in the jail cell trying to get the dog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is a great image. It's such an iconic image, and that's why, like, the one in Shanghai, actually, which is the most—if you've never watched Pirates in Shanghai, YouTube it because it's the most ridiculous ride in the history of Disney, probably. And um, it opens up with them and the dog, but they're all skeletons. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, how different is Disneyland's version of Pirates? It's pretty different, right? It's pretty different. It's much longer. There's another drop. Um, Because they're taking you way down there. Right. Uh, There it is. It's I mean, I don't like ever telling people like it's so much better. It's pretty much better. And just because of the length of the ride, you have a lot more kind of like uh, things to look at. Um, There's a part at the end before you kind of exit the ride where like they're like testing cannons and like uh, it's it's got some really cool stuff. They do a great effect of like you're passing through all these kind of like wooden structures, and they make it look like they're like smoldering. That's I don't know. Cool. There's some really cool stuff on the Disneyland one. Now the the downside is the Disneyland one queue and building are like I don't want to say terrible, but like they're <laughs> like a building. It's like oh, there's a ride in this building. Right. Whereas the the queue in Disney World is so cool and so puts you in the mood. Right, and the, you know, the exterior like, looks like a castle, looks like a fortress. Castillo yeah, it's, del it's Maro. Really, yep. Um, okay, so moving along, number three, probably my favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom is Splash Mountain. 
Wow, really? I really enjoy it. I, I get a lot of. Yeah, I re- it, it is. I I love the 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 um, I love all of the the variety of pictures I have from Splash Mountain throughout the years. Like I have a whole album on my that. phone of just it's Splash Mountain big... pictures. It is, uh, you know, it's almost like a dark ride with a, a ton of excitement in it. You know, you're building up to this huge drop. That's exactly what it is. And, I mean, I really enjoy it. And, you know, say what you will for the movie that it came from, uh, which, you know, if you, everybody does. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm one of them. But the ride itself is really, really cool. The characters are really, really cool. And... I can't get enough of Splash Mountain. I also love the excitement of like you know that like when you first start the ride and like you're going around the bend by where the drop by where the big drop is, and there's mm-hmm. that there's like this shot of water when when a log goes down that could feasibly land on your boat if it times right, and there's always like the like terror of waiting to see if it's going to hit you. <laughs> I love it's that. like another little bit of excitement. Exactly, it is. I I always like am like nervous about it. Number two is Space Mountain. Yeah, I mean, I think this could be a lot of people's number one for. Oh real. yeah, and it almost was our number one, but you know, we'll get to number one. But I mean, Space Mountain is so. It, it was so unique for its time. I really love. You really feel like you're flying through outer space. Right. I mean, I totally understand why this is this is the mountain, right? I mean, yeah. of all of them, I mean, Space Mountain even gets so much like uh kind of pop culture reference. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, this is like definitely like a really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I honestly, it's my favorite roller coaster in Disney. I can't get enough of Space Mountain. I I think it's one of the most iconic and it um you know what? It's one of the oldest rides in the park, and it still has one of the biggest lines. And I think that's one of the uh, one of the big, um, you know, telltales of Space Mountain being so high up on this list. Well, plus, you know, they, I think they do a great job of, you know, you're really not going that fast, but about like, twenty five miles surprised. an hour. Right. People are always surprised when you hear that because they do such a great job of making you feel like you are. Absolutely. And I think it's a lot of like the turns and the drops and the and the going up and down. Right. Right. You know, you are you would not be breaking the speed limit in a school zone on Space Mountain. Right. I know. It's It's such a weird thing. But it feels so fast and so amazing. I also really like the picture in Space Mountain. It's it's hard to take a good like If you don't know that picture's there. Your picture's gonna be terrible, right. but you know it's good. That's why it's always good to know where it is. All right, nerdy for number one. I am totally ready for it. The big Mac Daddy of them all, and that is the Muppets' great moments in history over in Liberty Square. Um, da, 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 da. Yep, that, that's gonna do over two minutes of the mouse, folks. <laughs> um, no, the number one is uh, Haunted Mansion. Probably, it's gotta be. yeah, probably the perfect Disney attraction, right? I I think it is. It's got to be the quintessential. Like, not only is Haunted Mansion a lot of people's favorites, it is probably the best ride Disney's ever made. It's so immersive. There's so much story behind it. There's so much iconic imagery. Uh, the cast member costumes, the pre-show, the queue. I mean, this ride hits every single level that you want out of a Disney attraction. You know, I always get nervous when customers or friends or, you know, I kind of push Disney on people and they go all the time and they ride Haunted Mansion because I always 
you know, I love it so much that like I, I expect sometimes people will be like, I don't really get it. You're like you really built this up. And it almost never happens. I know I just told you recently my friend Nolan was like, Wow, dude, this is definitely the best ride here. And I was like, Wow, mm-hmm. I was like so happy that he said yeah. that. You know, because he knows like what a fan I am. But he's like, it's like just wonderful. I mean, what I'm other like, oh, what cool. other Disney attraction has uh, its its own fan base? Like there was that that documentary that I saw uh, last year called Foolish Mortals, which is all about haunted mansion fandom and collectors and artists and whatnot. There's no other Disney attraction that you don't have like Yeti groupies. <laughs> you know, no, no. You know, I think part of that is it's just so well executed. Um, the ride itself has a wonderful dichotomy of, you know, when you're in the house, when you're out of the house, it's two separate feels. Uh, and honestly, like it's Walt dealing with the macabre, which I think is kind of an attraction into itself. Yeah. You know, it's not, you, you got to wonder if, if there was never a haunted mansion, would they have made this ride in 2019? Probably not just on the fact that like, it's not really the kind of thing you would broach right now. But it has become this iconic signature, you know, Disney ride. You know, outside of the things like the Ghost Bride and the Hitchhiking Ghosts when they're in the thing with you, there's not a lot of projection technology. There's not a lot of modern stuff. Most of the technology in the Haunted Mansion is still those old magician tricks. You know, the Pepper's Ghost. Oh, listen, my my favorite thing is those busts that follow you. Like, they look like they're looking at you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I want to find a way to recreate that in my house somehow in, in, in the worst way. And I've literally researched it so much, but uh, I, I did. I, I think it's really, really cool. I mean, marble busts of the greatest ghost riders the literary world has ever seen. Yeah, that's it. You know, what's a really it's an interesting effect. And, and I don't think it's an intended effect. But a lot of times you can hear the ghost host in the other doom buggies. And I don't mind it on the Haunted Mansion. Because it's almost like an otherworldly echo. Right. Alright. It's just one of those little headcanon things that I've like like figured out for myself. Um, yeah, no, I get that. Oh, and you know what? The the obviously Madame Leota and the the singing heads in the graveyard are also projection technology, but Madame Leota has been there since the ride opened, so um right. the you know, upgrades throughout the years and different voices and whatnot. I like that no matter what, how they change it, it is always at the heart of it, the Haunted Mansion. Um, now, do you think it loses anything for the Haunted Mansion holiday like by putting like the Nightmare Before Christmas characters into it? Like, Would you prefer your traditional Haunted Mansion to that? Uh, uh, it's funny, you know, because people ask me all the time, would you, would you want that in Disney World too? No. I love Haunted Mansion holiday. It is not something that is done lightly. It is, I, you know, upon riding it for the first time, couldn't believe that they had remade this entire ride. It is not just a layover where we decorated things for Christmas. Right. Uh, it's amazing. Having said that, I, Haunted Mansion is meant to be the way it's meant to be. So I understand. And yes, I've had the luxury of being able to see Haunted Mansion Holiday multiple times. And I do think everyone should see it. If you like Nightmare for Christmas, it's stunning. But I, as a Disney World fan, would not want that to be there for three months out of the year. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. You know, I love the original. So there you go. That's our list. Um, Are you ready to hear from our friends around the world? Of course. I asked them what's your number one and number one best and number one worst. Um, 
So Samantha Wright says best is Haunted Mansion. Uh, Seth Berman says Space Mountain. Carrie Ann Rudolph says Big Thunder Mountain is by far uh, is the best by far. Worst is the Swiss Family Treehouse. Uh, Dina Frisbee says Splash Mountain, suspenseful, entertaining, and a decently long ride. It gets extra points in the summer when it's a thousand degrees. Uh, Seth Berman says worst attraction now that Stitch is gone would be the would be the Hall of Presidents. Uh, Zach Adams says Haunted Mansion for best, Country Bear Jamboree for the worst. Uh, Christina McSheffrey, number one best Haunted Mansion. Worst is a tie between Stitch's Great Escape and the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Uh, Dina Frisbee says worst would be Aladdin's Magic Carpets. It's a spinner that is woefully in the way and takes away from the Adventureland feel. Can you imagine if they plopped that thing in Disneyland's Adventureland? It would ruin my favorite land. I could see that. Yeah. Like, I never I, really thought of it, the fact that, like, it kind of, like, ruins those sight lines. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yep, well done. Sarah Coyle says best is Splash Mountain, worst is Astro Orbiters. Libby Krigo says best is Splash Mountain, worst is Enchanted Tiki Room. <sighs> mm. I get it. I can't. I can't agree with it, but I get it. I understand. Uh, agreed. I, yeah. You know. I, yeah. I understand the sentiment. Uh, Kate Patton says best is Splash Mountain, worst is Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin. That's why I love, um, you know, including the listeners and the stuff because you get so many different like. I would love. You know, to. I I would, ne- I would never put that in like a bottom list, but it is funny when we were you know putting together the list of best and and I mentioned Buzz Lightyear, we were both like, oh god, like that's not on a best list. No, you know? definitely not. So I could understand someone's need to never see that ride ever again. Yeah, uh, Katie Source says best is Jungle Cruise, worst is the Tomorrowland Speedway. Tony Sheffield says best is Peter Pan, worst is the Tomorrowland Speedway. Andy Carrera says, best is Splash Mountain, worst the Tomorrowland Speedway. Uh, Laura Ferguson, best Haunted Mansion, worst Speedway. A lot of hate for the Speedway. Yeah, well, I get it. Uh, Scott Zobel says, best is Pirates, and worst is the Flying Carpets. Melissa Maxey says, uh, best is Haunted Mansion, worst is Swiss Family Treehouse. Michael Michael Bobichael says, best is Pirates of the Caribbean, worst is the Astro Orbiter. Katie Siemens says best is Space Mountain, worst is the Speedway. Andy Rudolph says best is Big Thunder, worst is the Line Ride, a.k.a. Swiss Family Robinson. Michael Johnson says number one is Haunted Mansion, hands down, worst is Astro Orbiter. I've never even wrote it. Uh, Kathleen Groves says best is the Haunted Mansion, worst is the Mad Tea Party. It's the only ride in Magic Kingdom that makes me physically ill. I can see that. You know what? I'm on board with that. I'm on board with it. Evelyn Reynolds Johnson says the best is Splash Mountain and the worst is the Tiki Room. Again with the Tiki Room hate. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get it. Liz Spencer says best Splash Mountain, worst Speedway. Chris Giselli, best Splash Mountain, worst Stitch's Great Escape. Uh, Chris Doherty says best is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, worst is Stitch's Great Escape. Guess it's close, but Disney hasn't officially said it's dead despite everything. Um, <clears throat> Jonathan Monroe says best is Splash Mountain, worst is Swiss Family Treehouse. Um... How is that an attraction? Get rid of it. Um, a lot. I'm noticing a lot of people are saying best splash, worst Swiss Family Treehouse. Um, Eric Matson says best current is Tower of Terror and best ever is Alien Encounter. Well, Tower of Terror is not in the Magic Kingdom, but I, I appreciate the sentiment on that. I, I think he, he probably means uh, Haunted Mansion. Okay. I can see how you could confuse them. Uh, his worst is uh, current Swiss Family Treehouse and worst ever is also Swiss Family Treehouse. Uh, there are cues that are much better than this attraction. Laura Clark Adcock says uh, best is Thunder Mountain Railroad. Worst is the Carousel of Progress. I got stuck in one room for 45 minutes 
So my view is probably jaded. I will accept that. Uh, Cheryl Pavia says best. Yeah, haunted- that's yeah. Cheryl Pavia says best is haunted mansion. Worst, she just put a shrugging emoji because I guess she doesn't think anything's the worst. Ryan Campbell, best Pirates of the Caribbean. Worst is Swiss Family Treehouse. It's time for it to go. <coughs> Kim Elliott McCurley's best Big Thunder Mountain. Worst ever is Enchanted Tiki Room. I'm gonna have to talk to her about that. I don't, I don't know why. Wow. Uh, Ryan Welsh says best is Space Mountain. Worst is Astro Orbiter. Jen Welsh says best is Thunder Mountain. Worst Enchanted Tiki Room. Brian Kutch says best Haunted Mansion. Worst Swiss Family Treehouse. A giant staircase in the Florida heat is not a fun time, especially for a poo-sized person. Jason Frank says best is Haunted Mansion. Worst, I was torn between teacups and Astro Orbiter, but at least the teacups are one of the original rides, so I'm going with Astro Orbiter. Nice view, but pretty boring and low throughout. I agree with most people's choices, except listing the Tiki Room as a worst ride. I love the Tiki Room. Eileen Wells says best is Space Mountain. Worst is the Treehouse after Stitch because it's closed. Sarah Alberts says best is Thunder. Worst is Astro Orbiter. Adam Devern, best Splash Mountain, worst Magic Carpets. Stephanie, wow, you guys really responded to this one. Uh, best is Big Thunder Mountain, according to Stephanie Shemansky. Worst is Hall of Presidents. Um, Debbie West says best is Seven Dwarves Mine Train, worst is Astro Orbiter. Dan Hoffman, best Peter Pan, worst can't really name one. Michael Hendra, um, <clears throat> who has a great tattoo business there in New Jersey. You should look him up. He says, wow, this is very difficult, and I wanted to be unique in my choice, but I got to go with my heart here. My favorite is Pirates, hands down. My worst attraction is a no-brainer, Swiss Family Treehouse. I swear they have the cast members disguised as annoying guests who are at your heels the entire time. Everyone is always miserable and always regretting the decision to climb the tree. Um, Shelley Blum Ziegler says, best is Haunted Mansion, worst Astro Orbiter. Amanda Moaning says, only counting things I've experienced since I don't like roller coasters. My number one is Small World. It's my absolute favorite. I love the history of it. And Mary Blair and Raleigh Krupp knocked it out of the park. I do like the Disneyland one better because of the facade is outside. My worst attraction is, do the bathrooms count? They're always a mess. Uh, Chelsea White says, best is Splash Mountain. Classic and fun in every way. Worst is the Speedway. It's like waiting in a 40-minute line while baking in the sun and inhaling toxic fumes to ride in the first car I ever owned that was a certified piece of junk and rattled like crazy. If you went over 30 miles per hour, uh, or rattled like crazy if you went over 30 miles per hour, almost went with Astro Orbiter, but at least it's pretty to look at and gives you a cool view from the top. Joe Calvo, best Haunted Mansion, worst is the Speedway. Jamie Dorito, is the Tiki Room is the worst. He says, the Tiki Room, the worst ever. I don't know who you people are anymore. Tough choice. I'll go with Big Thunder and Teacups. Jessica Wiley says, Big Thunder Mountain, worst Astro Orbiter. Jennifer Dye, best Big Thunder Mountain, worst Tiki Room. Chris Caroline Lambeth, best is the Haunted Mansion, worst is the Speedway. Christian DePrich, best is Space Mountain, worst is Astro Orbiter. Cassie Weldon, best uh, Pirates, worst Astro Orbiter. Kevin Beacom, best Splash Mountain, worst Astro Orbiter. Sophie Reynolds, best Splash Mountain, worst Swiss Family Treehouse. Gareth Kinnear, best is Splash Mountain. I love the music, the inside and outside transition and humor. Worst is Goofy's Barnstormer. It's the biggest waste of time at the park, long lines, for an incredibly short ride experience. I kind of agree with that as far as the line to experience. Yeah, sure. Okay. You're waiting 25, 30 imagine, minutes. I like that. that's the worst, but I guess. That ride's literally two minutes long. Right. Gigi Burns says, uh, number one best is Haunted Mansion, worst is Swiss Family Treehouse. Justin Little says, Pirates and Aladdin. Chad Campbell says, Haunted Mansion and Stitch. Kara Guth says, Space. Bias because I work there is the best. And worst is Stitch. Uh, Katarina Dupree says Big Thunder Mountain and Swiss Family Treehouse. <coughs> Shannon Jordan says best is the TTA People Mover. It's a bench with a breeze, a sneak peek into several other attractions, and a tour of all Tomorrowland. A bench with a breeze. I like that. Nice. Put that on a shirt. 
Worse is the Tomorrowland Speedway. I've only done it once. I left it for the last attraction I'd ever done at Walt Disney World. Uh, I had the last attraction I had never done at Walt Disney World. It was slightly better than my expectations, but they were so low it wasn't hard. John White says Pirates is just a classic, and the worst is while Stitch was open, it was definitely that. But now Aladdin, it just gets in the in the way of the Dole Whips. Alicia Stansberry says the best is Splash Mountain. Worst is Stitch's Great Escape since it's closed. But I'll have to go with the Hall of Presidents. Uh, Jamie Kearney says I'm choosing Pirates because it's a must do for me every trip. Worst is definitely the Tomorrowland Speedway. Smelly, boring, noisy, slow. Has anyone ever liked this attraction? Well, your daughter has. Um, Eve Desel. That's true. Eve Desel says Space Mountain and Tomorrowland Speedway. And finally, Jordan Doucette says Big Thunder Mountain as the best. And the worst is Small World. Even just typing this has gotten the song stuck in my head. That sounds like a good time to me. Getting the song in your head. Yeah. You know, it's funny is that person early on in that list had made the comment about there being two lines better than Sister Stanley Robinson. I, I am positive there are people who get on that, walk the whole thing, and think there is a ride at the end of it. Yeah, they probably think it's a giant queue. <laughs> I mean, those poor people are like, oh, wait a minute. It reminds we me of the, the ride. It's like the Fairly Odd Parents when they're at Escalator World. When do we get to the ride? This is the ride! Yay! Uh, <laughs> Well, that was a lot of feedback. Thank you, Mausers, for, you know, really coming together on that one. That was an awesome one. Great, great to hear from all of you. And we always love including guys on the show. Anything else you want to add this week? My voice is about shot. No, that was great. Can't wait to do it next week. Yeah. That's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you (coughs) so much for joining us again. We're happy to be back for a second week in a row. We will keep it going. (laughs) I almost held it through with no coughing. Uh, folks, if you love our good friend Peter Mandel, check him out over at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey 07016, or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Orlando, or any Disney resort throughout the known world, talk to our buddy Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can always email him, Dave at MagicalTravel.com or DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. If you're going to be renting a Cribber Stroller, please check out our friends at KingdomStrollers.com who will rent you the Cribber Stroller of your dreams for your next Walt Disney World vacation and deliver it right to your Disney Resort. Our buddy Dimitri Rivanos is always on the air over at Chewing Clock over at the Armchair All-Americans Podcast Network. Um, you can find that at armchairallamericans.com or on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find uh, my books currently on Amazon.com. Uh, we just gave away the uh, first of the Rossinetti series for free. Uh, that sale is over and you know the, the series is going really well. We also have Winters of Elnora, Birth of the Dark Angel. You can find all information on that over at my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Kevin J. Kessler author, or follow me on Twitter at Kevin J. Kessler on Instagram at White Dragon PN. Uh, well, that does it for this week, uh, folks. Pete, any closing words? I uh, can't wait to do it next week. Can't wait to do it next week. Folks, please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.